And we are back with another episode of True Wisdom. I'm here alongside my co-worker, my co-host, Andrew. <laughs> Greetings. As we explore deeper into this thing that we call the Bible, God's gift to us, that helps us get closer to him. And why do we search for true wisdom? We search for true wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, we search for true wisdom because whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we see patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. That's what Paul said. And here is here is the verse that we hear about, Proverbs 9, 9, and 10. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 9. Verses 9 and 10. All right. So we'll go ahead and open with prayer and then get into our Bible study. We thank you once again, Lord, for another opportunity for life, health, strength, and study. May you open our eyes and our hearts to what we will read, that we will have greater understanding and be able to convey the message that you'd like us to. And we turn it over to you, Lord, and we pray for wisdom. Amen. Amen. All right, so what are we studying today? Ruth chapter 3. Ruth chapter 3. The book of Ruth is an awesome book. Um, there, there are a lot of direct lessons to learn in it, and as I've been going through the Bible, I, I'll tell you what. These, when you get into ministry, whatever level of ministry that it is, God does some extra stuff for you. I encourage everyone to get into a ministry of God's choosing on whatever level, because when you get in there and have responsibility for helping other people in some way, shape, or form, God helps you. There are things that I'm learning about the scripture and how it's written, how it's delivered, how it's laid out, that show us really, really practical things about God and how he chooses to convey information. Because God knows that everyone doesn't learn exactly the same way. And in each book, in each passage, in each section, there's something about learning that each of us can do um, or can use or can leverage that is beneficial for whatever type of learner that you are. Uh, we should be able to get through this. <laughs> I say that. It's 18 verses. Um, and, and it teaches a familiar story, but we're going to dig into just chapter 3. We've done Ruth before. Yep, um, yep, yep. And, that, and now we're coming to a critical place all right, starting with verse three, excuse me, chapter three, verse one. Mm -hmm. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, this would be Ruth's mother-in-law, said unto her, Daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maiden thou wast? Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself, therefore, and anoint thee, and put thy raiment upon thee and get thee down to the floor, but make not thyself known unto the man until he shall have done eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lieth down that thou shalt mark the place where he lieth, and thou shalt go in and uncover his feet and lay down, and he will tell thee what thou shalt do. And he said unto her, All that thou sayest unto me I will do. Okay, pause a second. <laughs> mm -hmm. Pause a second. So... 
when you read this verse and the next verse, you it says, all that thou sayest unto me that I will do. In the book of Ruth, in the book of Ruth, and we see that somewhat in the book of Samuel as well, the book of Samuel. Um, sometimes when they have a conversation and they say eight things, there are really 28 things that get said, and you'll figure that out later. You'll figure that out later as you go through. So I just bear in mind, right? When we read the Bible, sometimes we get locked into, well, they only said this, so this was all that was said. And that may be true, but when you see evidence that there's knowledge that came from some mechanism, you need to understand where it might have come from. Okay, and as soon as we get to the place, as soon as we get to the place where you think I'm going with this, you, you can point it out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Verse 6. And she went down unto the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of corn. And she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid her down. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid, and he turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. And he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou art a near kinsman. Okay. Um, so do you see what, what has happened here? Yes. The, the additional portion where she answered him and gave some explanation as to what she was doing, which wasn't in the original instructions that we received. Right, right. So uh, a portion of, we get enough context, and, and this happens, it is understood that, that Samuel is the one who writes the book of Ruth. And this context is, is how you see Samuel write also in the books of First and Second Samuel, where enough is said that you understand that you have a picture of what's going on, right? Like the narrator gives you a little bit of something to go on, and then more stuff happens, and then the person quotes something, and you're like, hold on, when did they learn that? Or when did they hear that? Or when were they told that? Um, but you have to discern it. When you're reading these scriptures, you have to understand that with this emphasis in verse 5, of all that thou sayest unto me, I will do, and in verse 6, of, and she went down to the floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law bade her, those two sentences help you to understand more was conveyed than ends up in verses 3 and 4. Right, right. Okay, more was conveyed than in 3 or 4, but we don't want to spoil the story by telling everything that was said. Now, in a previous episode, when we, when we saw, um, we were talking about um, some of the folks that were that had gone to, that were in a conflict, they named them, and then later it says, and the, and the men that were expressed by name, right? So it didn't go into the naming the second time it, it spoke to them. Whereas when Moses writes, Moses will write the same name 15 times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no Moses trouble repeating the same this. Name. No, none. That guy had a lot of time on his head. Mm. Uh, no, no problem repeating. So different ways that they go about it. Okay. Uh, so let's go to 10. Let's go to 10. And he said, this being Boaz, blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, 
I will do to thee all that thou requirest, for all of the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Okay, so there's something that gets that's said here. There's something that's conveyed to us here. What do you see? There are a number of things. There are probably two or three things in particular that are conveyed here. But what is happening that's expressed in verses 10 and 11? Well, what I see first is that the whole town, the whole city, thinks that she's a virtuous woman. So she behaves mm -hmm. herself, she comports herself, as they say, uh, so well that uh, people know her to be a virtuous woman. That is a big thing. Her above reputation. Reproach. Yes, her reputation is above reproach. Um, the next thing I see, and, and it confused me for quite a while, for thou has shown more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In as much as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. So she wasn't uh -huh. just hunting for, for flesh. She wasn't just hunting for a new husband. She was taking right. care of her mother-in-law. Uh-huh. And there's a net there's, uh -huh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. no, no, you're gonna have to finish it because okay. that's about as far as I okay. can go. Okay. So if we remember the story, the reason that Naomi tries to dissuade Orpa and and Ruth from coming back is that um I am already upset that I got y'all in this in this spot where y'all are husbandless. And I can't bring you back with me because who knows what will happen to you and I can't Provide, you know, it's great that you guys are allied with me and feel sorry for me, but I, I want to take care of you, right? And now I can't. Orpah goes back, Ruth comes with her. And so we go through this whole thing, Ruth is taking care of her. At the beginning of this, Orpah and Naomi says, my daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee? You're working on my behalf, and I need to get you settled. I need to get you settled that it may be well with you. Boaz is of our kindred. So in this statement, there is a, a um, process, a ritual, as you, if you will. There is a process in, um, in Israel that, of, and this, this role is called the kinsman redeemer. Okay? The kinsman redeemer. Right. Um, and... And so what, what happens is whenever a kinsman has lost something, some one of their kinsfolk can come in and buy back what was lost and redeem them. If it's property, they buy it back. If it's persons, they marry. Mm. More precisely, female persons. So what Naomi was trying to do is set her up and he, she's setting her up according to the, the principle of the thing, which is with a near kin, not just some random person. Because she could have said, hey, that guy over there, he has a, you know, some good land, young guy, and I'll get you married. But she is thinking in terms of all of the kinsfolk thing, right? So she's sticking to that game plan. And this is why Boaz said, you didn't go after young men, whether they were poor or rich. You didn't just go after your heart. And you didn't go after the money. Mm -hmm. You are following the principle that we have as Israelites. Mm -hmm. And that's ah. why he says you showed more kindness to me, that you are considering me for the role of kinsman redeemer 
when you mm. could have been going after some rich guy or some young guy. Yeah, you're still following the rules of a group of people you're not even a part of. Exactly. And he says something in these two verses twice, my daughter, that shows you the age disparity. Mm. Well, he brought it up when he said not, you know, not following young men. That's that's yes, saying something. Exactly. Reinforced. Okay. That's and so that's why he says, fear not, I'll do it for all my people know that thou art a virtuous woman. I'll do it because you're worthy of me doing mm -hmm. that. Your reputation in that regard is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. Then verse Let's see. Verse twelve. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. How be it there is a kinsman nearer than I? Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee, as the Lord liveth. Lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. What does that mean? Yeah, it, it, it means, and this is going all the way back to Genesis, but it means that mm -hmm. before passions could overtake them, she got out of mm -hmm. there. And he also said, <laughs> before... Mm -hmm anyone could know that there was a woman here and ruin your reputation that you've built up, you got to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it shows, and this is one thing where the Bible is really fair. It shows that, and it, it gives these details without judgment. Look, before anything wrong could happen, before what's natural to God's people would take place. Let's behave ourselves. Let's make sure your reputation is intact. Let's make sure that nothing happens that's wrong. It's the same. I am going to, Go ahead. You're going to disagree? I'm, I'm going to mostly agree, slightly disagree. <laughs> okay. In, in this, typically, that phrase, and I bring it up because a number of people have brought it up, and, and we're going to... Um, I'm going to say a piece and we're going to keep reading, right? We're going to keep reading probably straight to the end. And then I will actually, you know what? I'm going to slightly disagree with you and let's keep reading. And then I will explain it on, on the heels of both of them. Okay. But what, what you've said in principle is not, there's nothing wrong in principle. I just think that the verse also contains enough information not to go to part of it. I, I, I can I can see it, but go ahead and say it. Okay, now finish finish reading the finish reading the verse, because then we'll just pull in the verses that help. Uh, verse fifteen. Also, he said, "Bring the veil that thou hast upon thee and hold it." And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her, and she went into the city. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, "Who art thou, my daughter?" And she told her all that the man had done for to her. Excuse me. Verse seventeen, and she said, "These six measures of barley gave he me, for he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law.' Then she said, 'Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall.' 
for the man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. Okay. So, you know, this story continues into the into the next chapter, and it's it's really good. Um, but here's here's why I will say that the passion element is not a consideration in this verse. Okay, mm-hmm. not a consideration in this verse. One, he said that she was a virtuous woman. He is already he is concerned that her reputation not be tainted, not that she might behave unseemly. Right. Right. I, I took it not as much as she behave unseemly, but that they behave unseemly. But go ahead, continue. True. True. Um, the the no in this case is not the um, Edenic no is <laughs> not the sexual no. It is the visibility and recognition. And here's the proof for it. She rose up before one could know another. Because remember, um, she was wearing a veil. He did not know who she was when he woke up there and asked, who art thou? She had to identify herself. And even more, impre- even more impressive, when she came to her mother-in-law in verse 16, the mother-in-law said, who art thou, my daughter? It's so dark, even Naomi doesn't recognize who Ruth is. Yeah, so I, what, I, what he was, go ahead. Yeah, what he was saying is, you, you can stay here and rest, but you've got to leave before people can be identified. Because since you're, since everyone knows that you're a virtuous woman, if they know you came to the floor, then your reputation will be in danger. So we need to get you out of here before anyone can see you. Yes, I can see that. I can see that because of what she said before one could know another. I can see where that would mean before the sun had risen and people could tell who they are. Uh, right, because the language is a little different in that it gets very um, neutral. Like typically, right. Adam knew his wife, people knew the, the, the knowing of seemed to be the parties in question, whereas one could know another seems very general. So the nature of the language and the fact that they use knowing in three places, that statement, which is somewhat ambiguous, but a statement before he could not recognize her until she identified herself, and a statement after Naomi could not recognize her until she identified herself, and she only left the, the evening before, the, um, that statement, those two statements which are identifiable, clarify the one which is unidentifiable or at least ambiguous. I can... Now, the the one issue I may have with that, or the one pushback I may have, um, mm-hmm. was that he still had to say, let it not be known that a woman came into the floor. Um, so right. to me, that's along with the fact that we haven't done this, let's make sure no one even thinks that anything happened. That's how I might read that. But it's fair to say that the way it's phrased, because usually you're right when it says the man knew his wife or the man knew the woman. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's put in a exactly. certain order, and this it's, was it's this. This is very other. Yeah, this is very vague. They, know, they didn't. Yeah, they don't know each other. Right. It's the man knew his woman. So the word "know" is used several times. Him not knowing her at the beginning of the encounter. Who art thou? Him making the the statement being made by the narrator before one could know another. Him saying, "Let it not be known that a woman came to the floor," and the grandmother not knowing who it is. It's it's as though 
it's mother-in-law. trying to encourage you, mother-in-law, right? It's trying to encourage you to, um, I'm getting ahead of the story. Yeah. It's trying to encourage <laughs> you to see it in a particular light this time. And the principle that we need to use in that circumstance, right, is when you have um, texts that are in an area discussing a topic, one of them is ambiguous, but the others are not. Let the ambiguous one be bent to the non-ambiguous one and not say, well, in, you know, we normally look at this phraseology as so-and-so, therefore all of these other ones are now going to be interpreted by that standard. Right, 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 right. No, I can see that. Uh, I still think it's a very... Um, it's interesting how, once again, the, the ritual is explained without explaining the ritual because we really don't yeah. have a lot of detail about the sleeping at the feet and the covering with no. the skirt. It's just, no. it's just stated. But I, I'm guessing yeah, exactly. that that's not crucial to the story of their relationship or salvation, but his response to her in that, wow, this is really an honor, yeah. and you have a great reputation. So it's, hmm. yeah, I think he's able to see um, how special this whole thing was. Yes. I'm willing to help you in this regard because your reputation is unsullied, and in fact, I'm honored to be part of that. Right, 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 right. And Boaz is a guy, I mean, if you look at Ruth chapter 2, Boaz is no slouch. Boaz has stuff going on, service going on, he goes out, comes back, and Boaz is no slouch, but he still sees himself in a a humble way. And and the other thing that we learn is that Boaz um, respects her respect of the culture more than riches yes. because he didn't his his thing is you didn't go after men for money or for love right because you could have picked the young guy for money or for love right you didn't go after that you are honoring and and the the culture that you came through here your mother-in-law it, because this, this otherwise Naomi kind of disappears from the face of the earth soon, right? Naomi dies, and all of the people connected with her are already dead. She's kind of in limbo. But because of Ruth and the course that she takes, um, Malon's legacy gets continued. Therefore, Limelech's legacy gets continued. Therefore, the connection to Naomi is continued. Right. Yep. Yep. So excellent. Because of how she approached her mother-in-law and the powerful words she used, your people will be my people, um, and your God, my mm-hmm. God. That whole phrase, she took it to heart, and she did just like it. Mm-hmm. So when she received her mm-hmm. instructions, she followed it, and that is what proved her to be a virtuous woman. Amen. She kept her word. Amen. Excellent. So here's the thing. If you are listening mm-hmm. and you're willing to debate uh verse let's see which verse verse 14 with us if you have a different viewpoint or you'd like to expound upon it more please reach out to us um we have email at true wisdom excuse me that's twitter at true wisdom underscore pod and email true wisdom at space llc.com we have heard from you before we're more than happy to hear from you again
And Andrew, can you close us out in prayer? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the study of your word. We thank you for these lessons written by so many different writers and different styles with different focus, but all inspired by the Holy Spirit to give us words of wisdom, words of life, words of instruction, words of counsel. Please help us as we study your word to dig deep and to learn these lessons. It's so awesome that every time we read the word of God, we can see new stuff, different stuff, expanded stuff that helps us to grow. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, and help us that we will rightly divide your words of truth, that we will have both wisdom and understanding through the knowledge of the Holy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you once again, and continue to watch out for new episodes of True Wisdom. Write to us. We are more than happy to hear from you. God bless.